If you got some notes, pull out your notes right there where you are, and uh, we're going to take some notes together as we dive into a church that worships. Last week, we talked about a church that prays. I'm kind of adding the, the pepper to the salt now. We're going to add the second ingredient to this. This is, uh, this is the peanut butter to the jelly. And so we're going to talk about prayer and worship. Prayer was last week. Worship's this week. Now, um, I recently, within this last month, have had the opportunity to go to two concerts. Um, I'm, I'm not not a big concert. Anybody in here like going to concerts? Any concert people like you enjoy going to? Who went to, uh, I, I know there was a Lauren Daigle concert. I think that was recently around here. Um, but my, my, uh, my oldest son is into, a, into an artist that uh, is a rapper. And so I, I tell people all the time, listen, I may look white on the outside, but I'm not white on the inside. Okay. <laughs> And uh, if anybody's met my wife, you definitely know that's the truth. Um, my wife can throw down some raps. Uh, maybe we'll get her to do it soon. So uh, anyways, my son is really big into this, to this rapper uh, named NF. And so a couple months ago, I saw, I saw a, uh, that he was coming to Houston. And so I'm like, we're getting Josiah this for his birthday. He turned 17 uh, a couple weeks ago. And so... Uh, we were on our way. I said, you can invite a friend to go with you. So he picked a friend to go with and um, we're on our way. And he says, dad, do you know, this is my first concert ever. I'm like, what have I done to you, son? I've, I've never taken you to a concert. He's like, no, this is the first, first one ever uh, that he ever went to. And so as a dad, you have to capture every first for your children, right? When they walk, when they talk and when they go to their first concert. So Y'all want to see Josiah at his first concert? He's not here, so I can show this stuff. So, y'all want to see it? Okay, sh let, let's show him, show him the first concert. Here we go. <laughs> boy was getting it and uh it was awesome it was awesome and I, I i don't know if you've ever been to concerts so i i got a chance to go take home i mean it's like lights and fog and music and everybody's wearing the swag you know you got to go sit in that one hour line to get a merch that was way overpriced um you know a 70 dollar sweatshirt that only cost five dollars to make <clears throat> all that good stuff uh, then the next week, I brought my wife to a Need to Breathe concert, and uh, we got to go be a part of, of that, which was an incredible concert as well. Um, I love concerts. They're fun. They're entertaining. They're awesome. They're amazing. Um, all the lights, all the screens, all the smoke, all the just, it's an entertaining thing. Um, and, and what you find out when you go to these concerts like this is this one really, really big idea. And I want you to write this down. This is my first thought for today. And that is this. We are all created to worship. 
We're all created to worship. Now, what happened on those nights was not really worship, but there is something that's within all of us that wants to celebrate, that wants to enjoy, that wants to, that's passionate about something. That exact same atmosphere that you saw my son in, if you go to uh, LSU Tiger Stadium or if you go to the Superdome, you'll see that exact same passion exactly there because we're all created to worship. If you go to any football game or sports game, you will see kind of that same passion because we're we're all created to worship. Worship at the end of the day is anything that we give our most valued time, attention, and energy to. We worship anything that we value the most. All of us are worshipers in here, and God has created us to worship. The problem happens, though, is when we are designed and created to worship God, uh, we can divert that to worshiping other things than God. And so I wanna show you in Romans chapter one, I wanna set up just today, just real quick, I wanna set up kind of a premise of really what is worship all about. Because everybody in here has a different thought when it comes to worship. And I wanna make sure that we set the stage of what really it is, what God calls for us to be a part of, and why this is such a key value for us here at our Savior's Church. So Romans chapter one is where we're gonna go, verse 25, and it says this, they traded the truth about God for a lie and watch this, so they, everybody, if you got some notes, what does it say? So they what? Worship. Come on, let's say it again. So they, so they worshiped and served, watch this. They served the things that God created instead of who? The creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise, amen. This is actually Paul speaking of, there's going to come a day where people are serving and worshiping the things God created and not the creator himself. We start worshiping the blessing instead of the blessor. And, and this happens to all of us. We can get so caught up in this oftentimes. And, and, and so if you wanna know what you worship, if you wanna just do a quick diagnostic to find out what do I worship, then look at what you give your affection, your attention, and your money to. Your affection, your attention, and your money too. People can worship many other things beyond God. People can worship food. You know, they call them foodies. Come on, anybody love food in here? Anybody? Okay, listen, I love it too. Uh, there's, there's foodies. There's people who just worship food. You can worship sports. You can worship cars. You can worship shopping. You can worship family. There are people who worship their physical appearance. They're in the gym three times a day, just to make sure all is well. There's people who worship sex, there's people who worship success, there's people who worship uh, fame. Now, false worship is when we give good things, when, when good things become God things. When good things become God things, and so it ends up turning into a bad thing. And uh, oftentimes, I can know what people worship because I just have to look at their Facebook. And I can find out real quick what people worship. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you find out real quick what they love, what they give their affection to. And um, children are good things. They're just not to be worshiped. Marriage is a good thing. It's not to be worshiped. A job is a good thing. It's not to be worshiped. Money's a good thing. It's not to be worshiped. Because how many know all those things will let you down? All those things can, can, uh, can go awry. And so I want to show you why God is so passionate about us worshiping him and worshiping him alone. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this big thought here. And that is, that is what rules your heart rules your life. 
The reason why God is so passionate about us worshiping him and him alone, he is a jealous God. He wants only our affection to go towards him is because God knows what rules your heart rules your life. Whatever rules your heart. And so watch what Matthew 15, Jesus says it this way in Matthew 15, eight through nine. He says, these people, they honor me with their, with their what? They've honored me with their lips but their, but their hearts are far from me. And watch, here we go. And their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as God commands, uh, as, as commands from God. This is what Jesus is saying. You can go to church and still not worship. You can sing songs and still not worship. Because if we're not giving our heart to him, then it is what he calls a farce, false. It's not true. It's, it's, it's as Pastor Dustin said, it's fake. We're giving fake worship. We, I grew up in church majority of my life. I'm very grateful for it. I went to private school all of my life. I never stepped foot into a public school for education. I was incredibly grateful for my parents for that. The only problem though was I learned how to be a professional Christian. I learned how to say the right things. I learned how to raise my hand at the part of the song you're supposed to raise your hand at. I learned how to say things that got people kind of diverted from me. I knew the right things to do. The problem was my heart was far from the Lord. I mean, no, we can learn to do all the ritualistic things. This is what's actually Jesus is confronting because it's these guys who, who had prayers on their head. They prayed publicly in front of everybody. On the outside, they looked like they had it all together. And Jesus says, those guys look good on the outside, but on the inside, they're like whitewashed tombs. They're, they're, that's false. That's false worship. And so, but Jesus then looks at a woman who barely has anything and she has led a very promiscuous lifestyle and she falls at the feet of Jesus and she's crying and he's like, this is worship. Because this is a woman who understands how much she needs me. And so God's calling for our hearts. What rules our hearts rules our life. John 4, 23 says this. This is about the woman that, is, uh, that he met at the well. We talked about that uh, two weeks ago when we talked about a church that sees. This is what he tells her. He says, there is a time that is coming, and indeed it is here now. Watch this. When true, come on, let's say that. When what? True True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And here we go, watch this. The Father, what is he doing? He's looking for those who will worship him, who will worship him that way. What does it mean to be a true worshiper? Now, this word worship that is said almost three times uh, in this passage, that's just one verse. There's true worshipers, they will worship, and he wants them to worship this way, <clears throat> is where you get the Greek word pros proskineo. That is a terrible pronouncement of Greek, but it is what it is. And this is what it means. It literally means to kiss, to kiss. Um, another translation means literally to bow and to kiss. It would be like how they would in English royalty, when the queen would walk into the room and they would bow and she would put out her hand 
and they would kiss her hand. So Jesus says, I'm looking for true worshipers. I'm looking for worshipers, and this is the way of, of worship that I want. Ones that are passionately affectionate to me. They'll, they'll kiss me. They will kiss my hand. A true worshiper submits and surrenders. Submits and surrenders. We submit to, and this is what he says, we submit, to, we submit and surrender to two things because we worship the Father in spirit and we worship the Father in truth. And so what true worship is, is when we come before the Lord and we go, God, I submit to your spirit. What do you want? And I submit to your truth. What do you want me to do? How many know every morning you wake up, if you go to the Lord and say, God, what do you want? And what do you want me to do? How many know that's sweet worship to the Lord? What do you want? And what do you want me to do? Romans 12 verse one says it this way when it talks about worship. And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy, what? Sacrifice. This is another type of worship. This is the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. This is truly the way to worship. So we, we have one, he talks about true worshipers that worship in spirit and truth. Now he's talking about presenting our bodies as sacrifices. So if you look throughout scripture, uh, the word worship can be translated in multiple ways. It can mean to kiss, to be, to be passionately affectionate towards someone. It could mean to bow. They worshiped him and bowed in reference. But another one, and the first one that we see actually in scripture is actually in the beginning. The first time we see worship in, in the Bible is when Abraham goes up to a place called Mount Moriah to worship the Lord. Do y'all know how he was about to worship the Lord? He was bringing his son Isaac as a sacrifice to the Lord. You know what God is saying? Worship's not worship unless you're sacrificing something. Worship must cost you something. And, and Abraham went to God and said, this is my son, my beloved son that, that you gave me, that you promised me. And God says, no, but I want him. And so he goes to Mount Moriah and he says, God, here's, I'm, I'm coming to worship you. And can you imagine when the son, the Bible says the son had all the wood on his back. And, and can you imagine, he's like, son, we're going up to worship the Lord. Oh, great, what's with the wood? We're just gonna go make a sacrifice. Where's the goat? God will provide. <laughs> and as he's on his way, there's no lamb, no nothing, and failed to realize that uh, he was the sacrifice, which how I many know, that's easy for Abraham. That's a whole hard thing. Isaac's the one who really made the sacrifice. But that is worship, and, and Romans 12 is a New Testament version of this when he says, hey, if you really wanna worship, uh, you, need, you need to be a living and holy sacrifice. That is a truly the way to worship. Now, with that being said, I don't know if you've noticed this, but out of the one, two, three, three scriptures that we just read about worship, we have not mentioned music. Music is nowhere in here. And I want everybody to listen because most people think when they think of worship, they think of music. Most people will come to church, they, I call them the half-timers because they, they come in after the worship because they want the word, but they don't want the worship because we can see like, ah, oh, the, the worship is just the singing part and I really, I wanna be a person of the word. 
But you need to understand something. Worship has nothing to do with music. Worship is about the posture of our heart. It's about bowing. It's about kissing. It's about, uh, it's about sacrificing before the Lord. It is our worship before him. Um, and so if you're writing something down, I want you to write this big thought down when it comes to worship. And that is worship is not just what we sing. Worship is how we live. Worship is not just what we sing. Worship is how we live. This is absolutely huge here because not all singing is worship and not all worship is singing. I'm gonna say that again. Not all singing is worship. There will be people that sing in here and you don't worship. But not all worship is singing. Watch this, because you can go to work tomorrow and worship. You can parent and worship. You can go, how you live your life is worship. How you spend your money is worship. How you honor your parents is worship. Can I get an amen from some parents in the house? Okay, all right. The way we work is worship. The way we spend our time is worship. The way, for you, the way you care for your body is worship. Everything that we do is an act of worship unto the Lord. And if we relegate worship to only singing, you're missing what the major part of worship is. Worship is that everything that I do, worship's not what I sing, it's how I live. And this is huge here. It's a huge part of what we do. Now we are in church, we are, we are a church that endeavors to live the songs we sing. So as you read these verses that are on this screen and as we sing these declarations, we're not just singing songs, we're making anthems of what we want our life to be like. We're, we're singing the truths of what we want our life to be. So worship is an element of singing. You can sing and worship, um, but it is not all singing. All right, with that being said, Singing is a huge part of this. Um, it's not all, but it is a part of it. And I'm gonna tell you why I am so passionate about developing and creating a church that is passionate about worship, specifically in the areas of singing and dancing and shouting and being joyful. Uh, for those that don't know, I grew up in a home that was very passionate about worship. I, uh, I have a very rich history of worship in my family. My grandmother was a worship leader for decades. So I grew up um, being with worship going on in our home and in my grandmother's home constantly all the time. She was a pianist, so she, she played worship and uh, led for a lot of people. And so I grew up like singing songs all the time. And how many of you grew up with like worship like in the 80s and 90s? If you're in here in the 80s and 90s, like look what the Lord has done. And uh, I exalt thee. Come on, how many remember some of these? And, and oh, come thou fount as you heard it. Or uh, I surrender all. Or I could sing of your love forever. Like how many remember some of these, these just deep, rich songs? I, my, my grandmother, when I'd go over to her house, we woke up to her worshiping the Lord like she was playing. Now at the time, I didn't think it was beautiful. I was like, can you please stop? There's people trying to sleep in this house. But it was just, it was what she did. It just flowed out of everything. She is a gifted uh, songwriter as well. So she's always writing songs. Anybody that knows my grandmother, she's writing songs constantly. Like at all times, she always is writing songs and she sends songs to me constantly all the time as well. But um, these songs and worship has just been an anchor in my life from the very beginning. From eighth grade, uh, I was uh, introduced not only to uh, uh, 
being in places of worship, but, but then like learning myself how to play the guitar. And uh, when my grandfather passed away, actually in sixth grade, I'll take that back, in sixth grade when my grandfather passed away, um, the next year my grandmother felt like God had called her to buy me a saxophone. And uh, y'all wanna see it? And so, <laughs> I didn't bring it. So, um, <laughs> but I do have it, it's hanging in my office. Um, but she called me to, to she said, I, I wanna buy you a saxophone. She drove up, she was living in Houston, we were living in Dallas, and so she drove to Dallas, and she was like, I'm not buying you a used, used one, I'm buying you a brand new saxophone. So she went, she bought me a brand new saxophone. We didn't have band in my school, like I was the band. Um, and so I just went into my room and I just started playing. And uh, just started playing like Amazing Grace, and when the saints go marching in, and her jaw just dropped. She was like, no lessons, no nothing, I just started playing it. And, um, and she was like, we're gonna get you some lessons. So we started, I started taking some lessons and all that stuff. Y'all didn't know y'all had a saxophone as pastor, did y'all? And so one day, one day, one day, we'll see. So, uh, so I played, and so I would go to our school's football, this is no lie, I would go to our school's football team with my saxophone alone and be the band. Yeah, now I'm not showing you, but I, I was like, it was like, hey, when you hear one man band, that was me, that was me. Uh, and, and so my grandmother led worship for, uh, for a church and this church was like, um, was like a biker church. It was led by a guy who had a, a, a motorcycle ministry and they traveled all over the nation and ministered to uh, banditos and just really, uh, just everybody that loved motorcycles. And so it was weird because my, here is my grandma with her little you know, glory bun that she has and she's leading, she's leading music for all of these banditos. <laughs> and uh, it was amazing. Uh, there's so incredible stories with all of this stuff. And so she's like, um, Josh, I want you to come and play with our worship team. So I flew down to Houston, this is a true story. I flew down to Houston for Easter weekend and I forgot to bring shoes. Okay, one of my first times playing, I didn't bring shoes. My grandfather had passed away. My grandfather was like 6'3", 250 pounds, size 12, 13 shoe. And she's like, you're gonna wear these. These are what you're gonna wear. Okay, at that time I probably wore six, I don't know, eight. So we stuffed my grandfather's shoes with tissues so I could wear them to one of my first times playing on the worship team. Now this was one, y'all, no, there's no pictures. All that has been burned, okay? So, uh, so okay, so the, the church that my grandmother led worship for, she's probably watching online. Pete, if you're watching online, you can confirm all this. So. She's, uh, so they're playing. So this is the type of church though that was like, when you worshiped, everybody worshiped. Like there was no spectators. Like everybody was a participator. And at any moment, the Holy Spirit could break out with anything that the Holy Spirit wanted to do. And on this Easter Sunday, can you guess what they broke out in? They broke out in a Jericho march. Now if anybody ever, who's been to a church with a Jericho march? Anybody been to a church? God help us. And so, if you've ever been to a church with a Jericho march, for all the 97% of here that did not raise your hands, it is literally where the, the church literally starts marching around the church. Like in a, so imagine, this is one of my first times, and, I, and I'm now in the Jericho march with size 12 shoes, tissues all up in my shoes as I'm playing the saxophone with whatever song is going on. That is a, that is a true story, by the way. 
And, um, and, then, and then I realized like saxophone, like, I mean, there's only so much you can do with saxophone. So I started learning how to play the guitar. And, um, and so then I started leading a Bible study at my house when I was 17 years old and just started figuring out how to play worship with a guitar. And so I led worship for a Bible study for my school um, my junior, coming into the end of my junior year, my senior year. Then I moved to Louisiana and I come and I'm an intern at our church in Broussard. And one of my first things is to come to Jennings to help with worship. And so I didn't know much. I just knew a couple, couple chords, but how many know if you know G, C, D, E, that you're good, okay? So you can play almost anything. And, and so I led worship for our church for seven years here. We have some pictures of those. I'm not going to show them, but we've showed some. And it's just always been a part of it. Not only has it been a part of my spiritual ancestry, um, it's been something that I've realized has helped me be the man that I am today. Because only God knew that there would come a time in my life where my son would be on a deathbed, and the only thing that would get me through that is worship. It's the only thing. And I, I've shared this number of times, but I can't tell you how many times I drove between my father-in-law's house and New Orleans Children's Hospital, crying my eyes out and worshiping the Lord with everything that I had within me. Like, this isn't just songs we sing. These are like anthems of our heart. These are, these are things that are within us that says, God, like I desperately need you. This month has been a really, really hard month. I mean, we're in a, we're in a hard place with, with where Pastor Bubba is right now and we're praying God for a miracle. But you know what I do? Every time I wanna get down, I just throw on some worship music. There is something that happens. Listen to me very closely. When God's people get together, something happens tangibly that the presence of God shows up in, in, in huge ways. Look what Psalms 100 says. Mic went out. There it goes. We back on. Okay. Psalms 100 says this. Everybody, help me with these big highlighted words. What does it say? Shout. Come on, say it again. Shout. Shout with? Joy. With joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship, Worship the Lord with? Gladness. Come before him? Singing. With? Joy. Y'all notice there's a parallel that happens here? Shouting, worshiping, and singing, all accompanied with joy and gladness. I mean, no, the Bible says that I joyfully come to the house of the Lord. Now, I don't know if you were drug here or not, but I pray, I pray, I pray that, listen, and I was drugged to church for a lot of years, so I get it. And by the way, every parent in here that drags your kids to church, keep dragging them here. Eventually, it'll become a joy. I believe it with all my heart. So it says for us to shout with joy, to, to worship with gladness, to come before him with singing with joy. Notice the posture of the heart is, God, I just, I'm so full of what you have for me. God, I just wanna give back to you what you've given to me. And so singing and shouting and dancing and clapping, even if it's offbeat, is all a part of us worshiping the Lord, all right? And, and so I wanna, I wanna talk in our last little part today, and then we're gonna have the worship team come up and we're gonna practice what we preach. Is there, there are four things that happens whenever the church worships. Um, there's four things that happen when the church worships. Number one is that there is unity. 
there is unity that happens when the church worships. I absolutely love looking around our church as worship and as singing is all going around and looking at the different cultures, looking at the different faces, looking at the different ages, looking at the different backgrounds. How many of you in here came from a Catholic background? Raise your hand, okay, raise your hand, look at that, look at that. Okay, how many, how many of you, if, 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 if this worship that we have here would happen in your Catholic church, you'd been like, what the heck is going on here? How many of you here, let's be honest, how many of you came from Catholic and you came up in here and you're like, why does everybody have so many questions? <laughs> right? It's just so different. And yet again, listen, and it's not right or wrong because I believe Catholic people worship with all of their heart. It's just different. It's just different. And, and I've been to other churches. I've been to some black churches. We don't worship unless you've been to a black church and then you've seen, I'll tell you what real worship kind of really looks like. Hey, but yet again, it's not that ours is wrong. It's not that black is right. It's not that Catholic is wrong. It's not that this is right. It's everybody worships very differently. I just want to make sure we're worshiping according to what the Bible says. Whatever this says that we need to do, this is what I want us to do. And when I see different cultures and different backgrounds and different generations coming together, unison, there's a difference between unison and harmony. Unison is when everybody plays, is, is doing the same note. It's the same note, that's unison. It's like a, a, a unity that happens together. It's, it's same tempo, same note, it's everything. It's in unison, it's that, everybody help me with this, ready? Okay, that is unison, okay? We, that doesn't usually happen, actually, in our worship. <laughs> it's all right, though. It's all right, it's all right. We know, we know God didn't gift you with it, but it's okay. So that's unison. Harmony, though, and this is what I love about God. Harmony is when you take different notes, but they blend together to make one. Hey, how many know that's the church? Different people blended together to make one. And, and when the church worships, unity happens. Let me show you, Psalms 95, Psalms 95 says this. Come, let, who? Let us what? Okay, let us sing. Come, let us sing. Watch this, watch all these things. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout. Okay, let us Good, joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us Come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. Come, let us worship and, and let us before the Lord our maker. Notice who he's calling. He's not just saying you. He says, let us, let us, let us, let us. And I'm not talking about a salad. I'm talking about like, let us worship. Any of y'all got, that's, that's terrible. So, give me some ranch. Okay, Psalms 34. <laughs> so, so stupid, I don't know. I'm sorry, y'all, I'm sorry. Psalms 34, that's just how my mind goes every time I read that. All right, so let us sing, let us shout, let us come, let us do psalms, let us worship, let us bow down, let us kneel. Notice all the different postures of worship. Psalms 34, one through three, I will bless the Lord. Come on, let's say that again. I will bless the Lord. Come on, I want you to just close your eyes right there. I will bless the Lord at all times. God, God, let us do this. Not just in times of, of plenty, God, even in times of drought. God, not only in times where everything's good, even when times are terrible. 
God, not when everything's going my way, but even when things seem to be going the exact opposite way, God, I pray that, I pray that, I pray that. God, let us bless you at all times. Let's continue to read. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Listen, you can worship, you can worship alone. Absolutely. But man, there's something that happens when God's children get together and they just want to bow and kiss and love and sacrifice. And it says, hey, let, it says, let us magnify the Lord. I've always thought that this was like a magnifying glass, something that's really, really small. You get a magnifying glass and you make it really, really big. It's actually not what it means. It's like a telescope that takes something that's really, really big that, that is huge where it is, but because it's so far, it looks small. But how many know if the moon got close, if the sun got close, you'd realize how big that actually is. The Bible says what worship does is it takes a big God and moves him close. It moves him close. It's his closeness. See, listen to me. Singing centers around me. Worship centers around him. Singing attracts people. Need to breathe concert? Amazing, amazing. But there wasn't no God in it. It was incredible. There's a lot of singing. Had the best musicians, the best lights, best fog, best LED show I've ever seen but it didn't do what worship does because singing attracts people, but worship attracts God. Hey, listen, I don't care if it was just straight up acapella in here, we could attract God with just acapella, no, no band, no music, no anything, with just us lifting. Y'all know what I'm saying? Yes. No matter if we have the best musicians up here, if we're just singing. Worship is what attracts God. And it is a, a witness to a divided world that God really does bring together what is broken. I wanna invite our, our worship team to come up actually. We're gonna, we're gonna sing together. We're gonna, we're gonna practice a little bit of this. But I want you to do this. Would you just close your eyes? I wanna, I wanna read this verse one more time. I wanna read this one more time. Psalms 34. And for those that are in this room, or, and, and if you're online, I, I love it because the, there is the omnipresence of God, which is that God's everywhere at all times. But then there's the manifest presence of God. That is that, that God literally comes and shows up and meets us right where we are at. And it is worship that attracts God's manifest presence. So Psalms 34 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together.